0: Today we're live, Pancreation Philosophy, episode 44. I'm your host, Pocholo Cruz, and with me today is my guest...
1: What's up, everyone? This is Derek Bob Jones, representing Team Bob, DBJ. Shout out to the Team Sleeper. <laughs> Got to represent that right here. Pocholo, <laughs> yeah. it's an honor to be here. Man, yeah, man. dude, you've really been kicking ass on all these, and it's just really nice to be here on this podcast.
0: Nice. Well, it's good to, well, it's good to hear from you. It's yeah. good to have you have you here in the studio. Alright, so, okay, let's get started. Bob, like, so how did you get involved in in martial arts? Well, you know, I mean, there's all
1: these types of stories I think are familiar trends. Yeah, uh, there's types of trends, yeah. And, you know, I did some Taekwondo when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, Master Inky, what's up? I don't know if you're still in Bellevue. (laughs) I remember he, uh, I quit like the day before I was going to get my yellow belt. You had to go a whole year. Okay. And, like, he, like forgot you know that like i i quit because i came back and okay. so he like thought that i was yellow belt like even though it was a white belt and like one day he got mad because i didn't know the form and like <laughs> i took I, I lost my anyways i ended up throwing a ball hit master inky in the nuts and he kicked me out of the school oh wow yeah and, uh, i was like oh man master inky bro I'm so sorry about hitting you in the slinky but yeah. um
0: if you're listening, Master, and yeah, care. God bless <laughs> yeah. you, man.
1: I still know a couple kicks from you. Yeah, and uh, from there, you know, I was just always interested. My dad wrestled a little bit with me as a kid, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. But what was so epic was, as I heard. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, for people who don't know what the kumite is, uh, you probably all know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I heard it was going to be a real kumite. Okay. And I was like, what? And i like, read right I about <laughs> it. I think it was in like, like I don't know if I saw it on a paper, like a pay-per-view. Yeah, because, yeah, how it did it you was. hear about this? Uh, know, I, like... I, was t- I was 12 years okay. old. or okay. thir- I was 13. Okay. I was 13 years old. And, you know, I still remember the day, actually. It was November 12th, uh, 1993. And... It was one of the few times I broke my dad's uh, rules. My dad, he, like, you know, he was a really unique guy, mm-hmm. and he didn't really have any rules. He was okay. like, you know, just be a good guy, and you're fine. But uh, I was like, Dad, there's the Kumite. It's real. It's on TV. And the Kumite, for what you don't know, is it's where everyone fights like to the death, and like, Bolo Young comes out and throws stuff in your eye, and then he yeah. splits, and you win. And that's the Kumite. <laughs> so, so I hear there's a real Kumite... And I order it. It was like, I don't know, maybe it was like $29.99 or something. And we're watching it. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. It's me, my friend Bo. What's up? My other friend Bob. That's right, there's two Bobs. I'm Bob 1, he's Bob 2. He's like, <laughs> actually, I'm Bob 2.0. Anyways, we're watching it. This karate guy comes out okay. and kicks this sumo guy in the face. Okay. It's UFC 1, yeah. and the tooth goes flying. And my dad's like, okay, that we're, no, we're, <laughs> we're shutting, <laughs> shutting her down. Yeah. Shutting her down. <laughs> and so... My dad leaves, and I never broke any of my dad's rules because he was such a good dad. But as soon as he left, that door shut. And he's like, "Okay, I'm off the lamp. See you guys later." And I turned it right back on. <laughs> and you know, there was the guy with the one boxing glove, all that stuff. It was great. And then it was just three weeks later. Mm-hmm. I walk into AMC. Okay. And for uh, everyone out there in the audience, you yeah. know, AMC. It's Matt Hume at the time. It was Haru. Yeah. And uh, I walk in, and I'm like, "Dude, that's Marie Smith." I'm like that guy he's a, he's a world champion kickboxer mm-hmm. it was like it was so cool like my mind was blown you know i'm yeah. i i did not really know too much i kind of did some things uh yeah. i was there um you know for that month then I, I was there you yeah. know uh, the next year in 94 i showed my friends at school like to check out this bruise
0: <laughs> from leg kicks but i was like yeah. marie smith showed
1: me how to kick he left a bruise there you know? yeah it was so cool so then uh that's kind of was my journey uh to amc and then um i ended up leaving what happened in my story mm-hmm. is uh I, I was growing up in the redmond area mm-hmm. and for those of you that don't know uh, lake sammamish is right near redmond in bellevue washington which is now the headquarters for microsoft but uh lake sammamish is the birthplace of wakeboarding and so wakeboarding oh, yeah. is a sport where you're towed behind a boat you hold on to the rope you do flips and a whole bunch of stuff I think that's where I get the majority of my strength is from holding up that rope for so many years. And then balancing. And yeah, that. balancing, yeah. yeah. And I became a professional wakeboarder. Professional
0: wakeboarding, yeah. Okay.
1: And so that was fun. Yeah. Uh, so I, I you guess you could argue I was sponsored by Red Bull in like 1995. Wow. Uh, they, they paid me in 24 Red Bulls. In 24 Red Bulls. That was that pretty cool, that. you know? <laughs> yeah. And like when you're, when you're like 15. Yeah. And you get that much Red Bull, it was just like horrible. I mean, it was so yeah. gross.
0: Was was Red Bull? Was that is that like locally? Or no, was it, it was just yeah. it
1: was starting up. It might have been '97. Yeah. I, don't, like, I don't know if I'm right on. But still, like mid like mid '90s, yeah. Before yeah. we were cool. And yeah. if I told anyone I was sponsored by Red Bull, they'd be like, no way. I'm like, okay, I'm <laughs> really. I'm like, I'm. I, I was a professional wakeboarder, but barely. You yeah, know, like I, yeah. I, I can hang out with the cool guys. And so, um, that was kind of like where I think a lot of my strength came from. That and that sort of thing, and then I went off to college, and you know, the whole wakeboard thing didn't pan out. <laughs> what? <laughs> <know>. Professional
0: like,
1: show <laughs> po- yeah. Well, I hate to tell you this, but there wasn't a lot of money in wakeboarding. Oh, no. His name was Parks Bonifay mm-hmm. at the time. Um, nice enough guy. Um, and Froggy as well. Uh, but I went to college, and I started thinking again, you know, just about martial arts and where I was going to start. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, Bruce Lee, he... You know, I'd studied a lot of this poetry. There's this poetry book about Bruce Lee. It's called Walks Around Lake Washington. If anyone uh, from Washington is was a Bruce Lee fan, I highly recommend reading it. And I was thinking about how he learned the system. Okay. And then I thought about how he broke the system. So I was like, I'm going to learn the same system as him. So I became mm-hmm. a 7th level Wing Chun practitioner. Which sounds godly, you know? It's, uh, yeah, dude, bro, you're, <laughs> yes. you're seventh level, dude. It's like, yeah, I got yeah. twelve coral belts. Yeah, no, and seventh level means I okay. went barely over halfway. Oh,
0: okay. It sounds like a D and D, like a D and D character. Like, yeah, I'm a yeah. level seven yeah, paladin. <laughs> yeah. you not mess around, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, my D
1: and D is yeah. real, bro. but uh, yeah, seventh level, uh, which means you just I went over halfway to my black belt. So it's like, okay. I don't know, and uh, there. I was, you know, I, I got fast, dude. That little chain punch, that little straight chain punch. Until <laughs> still to this day, I hit people in the face with that little chain punch mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the hand trapping system, you know, you see Anderson Silva do it from time to time. Not, yeah. from, 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 anyways. But yeah. that little cheap little chain punch, yeah. I've snuck off a couple punches and hit people in the face with those sparring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is useful. But this guy in class, dude. I mean, and for all you people in the audience uh, that are trained, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Especially <laughs> for dealing with traditional martial arts. You know, this guy's like, no, now, you take your hand. Now you're going to position your hand this direction. Now, okay, now, okay, now. And I'm like, well, what if I do this? He's like, no, no, keep your hand here. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. And so, like, one day in class, this guy is just, oh, God. He's just trying to try and tell me this technique is this way, this way. And finally, I just pick him up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you going to do now? Yeah. You know, What's, your technique, What's now? your technique now? What's your technique now? And so that's when I stopped going to Kung Fu. I graduated college. Um, hadn't quite worked my way into my music career. Mm-hmm. Uh, hadn't been a ring announcer yet. For those of you who don't know, DBJ, Derek Bob Jones, the Darbojo, the B.O.B., that's me. Ring announcer.
0: Ring announcer, wow. yeah.
1: yeah. And um, I went back to AMC. Okay. So I'm back at AMC, you know, I'm like, oh, hey, cool, yeah, all right, you know. And like, I, I, no one's there still. You know, I mean, like, I, there, was a, oh, well, uh, there was a couple people there. Well, Mo, Mo was still there, and, and he remembered me from when I was a kid. And, uh, and so I trained a couple times, and then Matt, uh, Matt Hume, Coach Matt Hume, uh, if you guys don't know, is just one of the most amazing coaches in the world. Uh, look up to him a lot, a great guy. He invited me to come and train in the morning with the pros, Mm -hmm. and I was like, "Oh, cool!" So, I'm just out of college. You know, I'm just back at AMC. I've only been for a few weeks. My, you know, I don't know really any martial arts. You know, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know my little chain punch. Yeah, your seventh level. But you know, I don't know effective martial arts. Essentially, okay. And I, AMC has this really cool thing where right next door is this amazing training facility. It's called yes. Endzone Athletics. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, shout out to Joel. Love you. I want your baby. Uh, not inside me. Uh, this time you have to carry it. But what I'm saying uh, is I walk into Endzone. I just go out to AMC and I walk into End Zone. It's like, I don't know, like 10 or 11 in the morning. And I see Maurice, uh, yeah. who I know, Maurice Smith. You know, I'm like, oh, and of kind of round and Marie Smith is doing an iron cross, and one hand is against the wall, and the other hand is against Bob Sapp's ass, <laughs> and he's holding Bob Sapp. And if, if you guys know, okay, Bob Sapp is the biggest guy ever born on the planet. He's like six foot five, four hundred pounds, like maybe three eighty or three sixty. I don't know. what But he legit,
0: is. near four hundred pounds. Le, yeah. more,
1: near four hundred pounds, and mostly muscle. You know, yeah. and and he was getting ready for some fight in Pride at the time. This was the era. Pride was just a beautiful, crazy fight organization, uh, and Bob was getting ready for one of these fights. And so, uh, Maurice is holding him onto the treadmill, making him run, because Bob oh. wants to get off. <laughs> wants to get so off. He's like, oh, I can't go any further, man. Don't stop, man. Maurice is like, shut up, Bob, just keep going. Yeah. And, and uh, he's like, oh. <laughs> Oh, and I'm like, okay. So that was like my introduction to yeah. real mixed martial to arts. To real mixed martial arts. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, what? A- yeah, I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, yeah. so I'm like I'm, do I have to stay on a treadmill until I die also? Yeah. But um, walk in, and then we started training with those guys and things like that. And uh, I think sometime after that, maybe a year or so later, uh, Chris had... Uh, Chris, uh, Chris, Chris, Lieben. Chris Lieben. Uh, Yeah. Those guys don't know Chris Lieben. He was a yeah. big star from the Ultimate Fighter show, UFC 1. Yeah. And uh, he, he was coming in, and I was like, oh, no, you kind of kick like this. And Coach <laughs> Hume was like, don't teach him anything. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, oh, damn it, Coach. I'm like, come on, man, give me some love. Yeah. But, uh, and I go to train uh, with with Chris and, you know, these other guys, and I think Sakurai was another dude uh, from Pride at the mm-hmm. time. And we go to train, and... and I, I'm running around this circle, and... Well, anyways. Yeah. I mean, there's, a lot, there's a lot going on, but... Ultimately, I'd I gotten into the game. Okay. I'd gotten my ass kicked by Chris training, you mm-hmm. know, and I'd gotten my feet wet. And that was a really interesting part in my life, because I, I was like, oh, like, like... Like, these are the tools that are going to get me what I wanted, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much my gateway mm. into martial arts mm-hmm. how i be decided that this was going to be a part of my life mm-hmm. some people choose uh various things mm-hmm. maybe they're a mathematician they they fall mm-hmm. into numbers mm-hmm. you know maybe they do yeah. religion but uh, yeah. yeah
0: but they find their niche or yeah. they, they find where they okay. but it's so, okay so how was that transition i guess because you said like you kind of open it's like what real martial arts was so yeah. how was that transition like from traditional martial arts into like figuring like what like when you say like what 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 is real martial arts like to you
1: so i had an interesting situation happen and i can't quite remember this guy's name okay but i had done this uh amc training and i would learned these punches and Mm -hmm. i know how to kick and and uh I had, and, and also I ended up being a ring announcer, which was a huge part of my martial arts career, really, because I never fought. You know, I got paid to be in the ring yeah. and not be punched. You know, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, I figured something out, right? My martial arts yeah. career there was <laughs> yeah. there was some slick footwork <laughs> yeah. to be able to get <laughs> yeah. into uh, the ring yeah. and be able to do that without getting hit. So I, 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 that was really cool. But but I had gone on, uh, and I was living in New Zealand, I was living in Auckland. Okay. And I'm trying to find a gym. And there's this guy, okay, and he's called the Ghost Fist. The Ghost Fist. The Ghost Fist. And he had, like, the world record for the most punches. And, like, he could do a thousand punches in two seconds. Oh, okay. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it sounds, sounds, sounds like, ridiculous. He was on the cover of Black Gulf Magazine in, like, 1972. Of course. You know? Yeah, in black and white. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, you know, I don't know know if I have this exactly right because this is a rumor. He was the guy who brought, um... Muay Thai to New Zealand. Okay. And he was the guy that trained Mark Hunt's coach who eventually trained Mark Hunt.
2: Okay. And et cetera.
1: So I'm like, all right, this seems like the realest gym and I'm going to go there. And he was a traditional martial artist. Okay. So it was weird because I was learning from this like Kung Fu guy who ended up switching to Muay Thai who's the Ghost Fist. And I walk into the gym There is ivy growing on the walls. The windows are open. Like, rain's blowing through the side. Okay. The uh, ring is like a play toy set with the little foam play puzzle pieces. Okay. The The, uh, turnbuckles on the thing, they're like missing the pad. Okay. Um, The ropes have like knots in them. Okay. And the ghost fist... Ghost Fist. Yeah. he's in there. I don't remember his real name. God bless you, Ghost Fist. You are. Yeah. You, I will <laughs> yeah. never forget well, you well, ever.
0: If you have a name like Ghostfist, why would you go? I'm the <laughs> real dude, name.
1: GF dude. Yeah, it's GF. And so okay. And so I'm in there, and like I'm introducing myself, and I'm being like really polite, okay. like you know. And I'm like, oh, good to see you. And he's yeah. like, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. No, no problem. He's like smoking a cigarette. Of course. And like any like, old age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like smoking a cigarette in the gym. Yeah. You know, and he's like, okay, that's good. Okay, fine. He's right here. Always paid. And I'm like, all right, cool. And so then, like, we get in there and we're training and his training, like, was like, okay, punch. Okay, punch. And I'm like, oh, like, how do I punch? Do I, do I do it? Like, this is like, I just, you will punch. You know, punch in a like, Oh, okay. Okay. And some of their guys were sparring me, and they were beating me up. Okay. And I was like, "Oh, like what's going on here?" And I realized that he had brought this form of traditional martial arts uh, and had kind of morphed it into this Muay Thai style that I felt was really interesting. Okay. Um, and I could tell more stories about the Ghost Fist where he's like. Drinking box wine and training us all—it's <laughs> uh, a hilarious guy. But nonetheless, uh, uh, I felt there there was some more emphasis on smaller movements and okay. instead of big, you know, movements, strong, powerful kicks. Okay. It's more of a focus on just like twist, kind of like a Tai Chi thing. Okay. And so I took that and I kind of changed my whole philosophy. Okay. Um, and I started to focus only on my smaller muscles, my okay. weaker muscles. Okay. And I tended to focus more on. Footwork and my positioning. And Mm. I began to think about my positioning in the reality that I have inside my mind. Mm, And how it is that I develop this footwork in my head Mm. to be able to control the distance I have between things that could potentially damage me or things that I'm interested in. So where where can I get to where I want to go? Mm. And how is it I'm going to do what I, what I do? And plus, you know, life has all these ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about how you throw a punch. Okay. You, to throw a punch effectively, you need to be well-balanced. Yeah. Now, even if you're in an your awkward position, if you're well-balanced, you know, and you have your... Everything's in the right spot, you can still throw and still do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So I started this... To understand that my life I had been punching hard I had been kicking hard I had mm-hmm. been fighting to go in a certain direction mm-hmm. and at some point I decided I was not going to fight to pursue my direction mm-hmm. instead of looking for acquisition or for winning or mm-hmm. to dominate mm-hmm. I instead decided I wanted to be well balanced Okay, and you can look at um, Sugar Ray Leonard versus Roberto Duran in okay. the first fight that they had, yeah. and you saw Roberto Duran has a lot of crafty stuff. It's actually similar to some Kung Fu things. So yes, you hold your hands, so you yeah. trap your hands under your really hand trap, a really good inside yeah, boxing. And, and, yeah, yeah. He gets in there and does all this stuff, and um, that time off between the fights, and Sugar Ray Leonard comes back and just beats him with his footwork. Yeah, I mean, kind of, you know, it, that's all he did, and. It just struck me that if you're dealing with this crafty, crazy thing with life, like mm-hmm. this crazy thing that is life, mm-hmm. you need to have footwork. And I began to focus not on winning, not on losing, but just the positioning of my mind and my reality mm-hmm. and my body and where it exists in this time space. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it changed everything. I have a gym now um, at my house. It's at uh, Team Bob represent that we have mm-hmm. mario miranda's there all the time yeah. uh brent Knopp, uh various other people roll through mm-hmm. and uh in that in there in in my gym i've, I've basically, i basically i do small movements small positioning i don't lift any weights mm-hmm. uh I, I i hold on to bars and ropes and i think it, mm-hmm. also this is a natural progression in martial arts where mm-hmm. You're for a while you're trying to inflict damage mm-hmm. on your opponent for whatever reason. I don't know why people are punching each other. Maybe they're arguing over a girl. Yeah. I don't know what's Something to do. something happened. Yeah. Something's happened. Yeah. Someone's punching someone. And then I was like, oh, martial arts isn't about hurting people, it's about keeping yourself balanced, about mm-hmm. protecting you you. Mm-hmm. So it's not about winning that thing out there you know, it's like the Buddha said, you know, it's better to mm-hmm. conquer oneself than it is to conquer 10,000 men. Mm-hmm. And so that, that time in my life and what was going on around me, I was able to understand that, now, nah, it's not about hurting people. It's about loving myself, mm-hmm. you know? And so you see like, you know, older martial artists, you know, things like that. Or if yeah. you ever go into AMC, yeah. you'll see... There's a master at AMC. It's Matt Hugh. Yeah. yeah. And he's our sensei. And what does he do? He's stretching. Yeah. He's he's pulling on something. He's leaned down. He's rubbing a knot out of his leg. You know, he, he, he's maintaining himself. Mm-hmm. And so there's this... Maybe it just has to do with age or just, you know, my experience in life. But there's this point in time where martial arts becomes um, a way to not only just preserve yourself, but also a way to get yourself to excel through. Mm-hmm. And that was a beautiful moment when I, I kind of, I kind of figured that out. So you I made know, that connection. Yeah. I did. seven yeah. years ago and I, I focused more on balance. I started doing mm-hmm. a balancing thing where I do all my footwork on like little, uh, you know, like I, like the, have you ever seen like a park bench, you know, and, and okay. the way the bench sits up and I just, I'd like do my footwork on the back of the bench. So that little, like, okay. you know, little, Oh, like a little, that little like, inch where like you lean okay, back. So like a
0: really small, short yeah. area. And so I do like, all
1: my yeah. footwork on there and I started okay. to like figure out, how it all works and connects mm-hmm. and that's really the basis of my philosophy is okay. i think your weakest muscles should be as strong as possible mm-hmm. i don't really care about my strong muscles the stronger my weaker muscles are going to be uh the stronger my other muscles are going to be mm-hmm. and the more i focus on my strong muscles uh, the more i'm probably going to hurt myself mm-hmm. why do i want these muscles to be so strong anyways mm-hmm. i need a good foundation
0: back to that balancing sense
1: exactly. where, well
0: no I, I that that makes well it makes a lot of sense to me cuz if you think about it, like a lot of people that become like they have muscle imbalances which is what causes like tears and yeah. other things like that where if you your muscles become so strong that they pull on your other muscles and then if they're weak then that's how that's essentially how you know things break down so it's funny how you get that you made that physical connection and that mental connection like from there through the help of Ghost Fist (laughs) yeah Yeah. yeah. so wait so how did you how did you end up like in New Zealand
1: oh man it's a long Long story story. it's a long long (laughs) story I was there for a year okay Uh, it was over a year uh, okay I guess a year and a half or something but it was uh, really beautiful what had happened for me was just a life changing event Uh, there was some things that had happened with destruction for those I mean I guess none of you do know but um but there was this time period where um, Obama was pushing all this renewable energy. Mm-hmm. So I was part of this renewable energy project. Uh, I was moving forward. Mm-hmm. And he did this thing to help the project more by extending a timeline. Yeah. Extending the timeline made my project not valuable. Because uh. the fact that I had my project before the timeline done, Yeah, when he extended it, my project lost its value because anyone could then start a project also. I see. And And so then from there, you know, my my
0: regressive value because of time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, and so my, uh, my project goes away and I'm trying to regroup. So at that point in time, I was in New Zealand. Okay. And I also, that business failure to me um, which I would look at a cha- as a championship fight. You know, mm-hmm. It took me a long time to get there. I had to move mm-hmm. up the ranks to get in that position. I had to talk to certain people. I had to shake certain, certain hands to get the certain deals done. Mm-hmm. And when that loss came to me, that's when I started to reevaluate my life. Mm-hmm. I spent some time at the... Uh, the Dharma group, and it's not like the Lost show. Dharma, it? okay. Yeah, like the Dharma initiative, like the yeah, Lost. Yeah. I was in New Zealand, which kind of looked like Lost. Okay. And I was, I, yeah, I was so that. what's the Dharma group? So it is this um, uh, Zen monastery okay. uh, in uh, New Zealand, and I spent some time there while I was there. And what I would do is I just re-looked at my whole life. Okay. And this is where my philosophy came from, is I decided these other things aren't important. What's important is me and my reality building how do i build my reality and structure um my emotions and thoughts and i began to focus on simple things three simple things occupied my time okay and i'd spend about 6 hours or more every day studying these three things okay. these three things were sitting breathing and walking and that's what i would do i also did you know some you know light you know stuff and things like that after this but Essentially, I'd just walk through the mountains of New Zealand, up and down hills, mm-hmm. and then stop at the monastery, uh, do my you know, breathing and meditation, and then I'd walk back, and I would go back to where I was living at the time. And so, that was my daily routine. And me and my good friend, uh, Marcus Robinson, who happened to also be in New Zealand, who I went to junior high with, who I hadn't oh, seen in 15 yeah. years. Crazy story. Marcus, I love you. I'm in New Zealand, I find out he's there, I call him. Okay. In Auckland. I call him. And I'm like, I heard you're in New Zealand. He's like, yeah, I am in New Zealand. I'm like, I'm in New Zealand. Where are you? He goes, Auckland. I go, I'm in Auckland. And I go, what do you mean? I'm like, what street are you on? He's like, I'm on Princess Street. I'm like, I'm on Princess Street. He goes, Princess Street and what? And I go, Princes and Twelve? He goes, Princes and Twelve? I'm on Princess in 12. And I go out my building. I walk on the balcony. On the balcony in the building opposite (laughs) of me, I could have thrown an American football, none of them rugby balls. I could have thrown an American football to him from one side of the building to the next. Great friend. So me and him would walk the hills together. Okay. And uh, and we had a great time. And so that was my experience in New Zealand. uh, And that was the way I developed this new way of for me of doing martial arts, which was... um, Breathing, sitting, and walking. And to this day, Mm -hmm. you know, people are like, wow, your posture is really great. I'm like, well, yeah, for a year and a half, for six hours every day, I focused on my posture until it corrected itself. Hmm. And I focused on my breathing until I thought that my breathing was corrected. And uh, I do this walking meditation where I walk incredibly slow. I mean, just like the slower I could walk. Okay. You know, the...
0: the Like you were purposely walking slow. Slow as possible. And the slowest
1: I could walk is where I started to really develop these thoughts around balance. Okay. Because if you've ever walked incredibly slow, it's actually hard. Uh, and if, if you're trying.
0: Because right? you're focusing on yeah, the walk. Yeah. Okay. But
1: if you aren't trying and you're able to get through it and you're just moving incredibly slow, your weakest muscles have to be strong to provide you this balance. So that's where mm-hmm. analyzing every one of my footsteps time after time again is where I was like, oh, these footsteps – where are they taking me? Mm-hmm. Where are they leading me? How does this step lead to my next step? You know, can I throw a punch from this position? You know, and, and those types of things. And and that's what kind of brought me here today uh, is is that story. And, and, you know, there was a whole bunch of fun stories in between. I mean, uh, I, I years before that, you know, uh, when I was still living the hard way, I had ended up being lucky enough to go to a UFC event, okay, uh, and it was uh, Rashad Evans versus Lyoto Machida. Oh, well, okay. Uh, and uh, I had an I opportunity.
0: See, yeah, it's like 98 and ninety eight or or UFC ninety eight something. Yeah, and I had
1: an opportunity yeah. to go backstage okay. um, before the fight had occurred, and I was I got to meet both fighters right before they got up to go. They had both their hand, hands wrapped, and so okay. I I go to meet Rashad first.
2: Okay.
1: Rashad looked great. He looked great. I mean, this guy was going to defend the belt. Not a question in my mind. You know? Yeah. Um. And I then I get to go over, and he like signs a thing for me. I'm like, don't make him sign a thing. I'm like, this is weird. I'm like, he's <laughs> like, my like, I like, never felt more awkward in my life. Yeah. It's he's like, like, his
0: hands are wrapped. In yeah. His hands are wrapped. He's like, <laughs> like, I'm like, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I
1: don't want. I don't. You know. I mean, God bless you. You know. Um, yeah. Uh, and um, then we go to Lyoto. Uh, we go to, into his little area. Mm-hmm. God, he was very calm. You know, and I still had. Rashad is my guy, but he's very calm. And so, we're sitting, and the fight happens. And I had noticed that um, I'm sitting next to. So this is a fun story. Okay. You know, this is my my segue uh, here is just about what Mark. This is this is one of the most amazing moments of my life, to be honest. It's very very. This is what triggered something in me, and that's why I'm sharing this story. Okay. And so I'm sitting at the UFC fight, and I'm watching all the fights. And I'm cheering for Rashad. Okay. You know, who's sitting next to me? Lyoto's dad and his brother. (laughs) What? Right there. They're right right there next to me. And, and I kind of feel awkward. I saw this dad watch his son become world champion. Mm -hmm. I cannot describe the love, the beauty, the pride, and just this amazing, when I looked into his dad's eyes, when Lyoto won, I was like, wow, uh, it, it was breathtaking. But apparently, you know, my life didn't have enough, all of a sudden, magic in it. So, that a little, a more magical moment had to happen. I was like, whoa, I get to see this dad watch his son become champion. It's so yeah. magical. Well, then, apparently, my life was like, I'm going to double down the awesomeness. Check this out. So, Lyoto comes out of... Uh, you know th- out of the cage okay. he's walking back he's already champion mm-hmm. big celebration you know bows all around such yeah. a gentleman and um, he he's he's going uh, out and and I'm right next to his, his family yeah so his family goes to like hug him and there's a barrier between because like you know, we're right there at the front but there's still a barrier between us so they go to get up and they go to rush okay so Lyoto's here I'm in a machida sandwich, yeah, and I got to do the victory hug. Yeah. I was there in the victory hug when he became champion, and and, and there was this. It's, it was an apo- it was the opposite of, of what was going to happen to me later where i lost you know my business opportunity it was like he had gotten that he, mm-hmm. he had this cha- he got to get his championship mm-hmm. and when it happened something opened in my heart it changed me because i saw the connection between father and son mm-hmm. and i saw this this art was more than the win this art was his life mm-hmm. and that was a beautiful thing that did change me. And that was part of the thing that made me invest my heart and my time and my consciousness and my thoughts and everything into my children mm-hmm. in that same way. And uh, that's what led me to having a gym in my house. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, you know, people thought I was crazy. Because you know, I live in kind of a, a, a little brown house. Okay. And I, and I took one-fourth of the house. Okay. And I just stripped my bedroom out, stripped up the closet. There was a fireplace. We knocked it down. We removed it. And now we have a pretty good-sized space. You know, uh, you can have, um, you know, about uh, eight full-grown men in there training. Or you could have, like, we've had 20-plus kids in there before. Okay. Yeah, kids' classes. And so it's yeah. a small, smaller gym. But, but there, that's where... I get to focus on my family just like Lyoto's uh, like dad did, focus on him. And he, there was a love there that I i can't express to you what it, what it was like to see this dad watch his. It was really his dad's championship. You know, I mean, Lyoto did the work, but it was his dad that laid down the blueprint that got him there. And so now with my kids. You know, like we wake up in the morning. Yeah. My wife, she's a Taekwondo black belt. Her fighting record's 30 um, and 9. Um, and my sons, you know. You
0: got two sons, right? Two sons, yeah.
1: ben, Benji and Ammon. Uh, they're great little guys. Just, man, Ammon's head movement's just ludicrous. And Benji's just a tough little grinder uh but you know we kick the bag three times a week 200 times each leg you know we're doing wim hof breathing in the morning with these little guys for those who don't know what wim hof breathing is it's a technique where you basically hyperventilate to a certain extent Mm -hmm. and do breath holding exercises which releases all types of endorphins and different things in your body it's pretty cool i recommend looking it up shout out to wim hof not that i know him but he is a crazy dude Mm -hmm. uh and uh so we do that kids go off to school kids come back from school we have Pigs at at our house We have actual Little They were supposed to be Mini pigs
0: They were supposed to be Mini pigs? (laughs) Was it like a mix up In the order? Don't eat
1: my pigs Don't eat my pigs (laughs) You like bacon? Oh yeah I do Okay you can have one of them Okay But anyways um, (laughs) And so when the kids Come home They have to clean up The pig poo When they're done Clean up the pig poo All their friends Come over and then we have a jujitsu school, uh, yeah. big shout out to Cindy Hales, an amazing professor, uh, uh-huh. black belt jujitsu practitioner. Yeah. Uh, and she's my kids, uh, sensei essentially, yeah. you know, and, and she comes over and then she trains about 20 kids four days a week at my, at my, at my house. Nice. So I have this beautiful, yeah. beautiful school at my house that's operating and functioning. And the boys are done with that. They eat dinner. We do all our homework and at seven thirty at night, uh, my good friend Brent Mankill Knopf comes over with his little son. And then oh, we, yeah. How old is Wolf now? Little Wolf. Yeah. We'll shout out to Little Wolf. Love yeah. you, buddy. Um, uh, he is now four years old. Okay. But I saw him out wrestle a seven year old just the other day. Wow. And, I mean,
0: who would have thought with who his dad is? Yeah, I mean. yeah
1: for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so he's an amazing wrestler. And, uh, and then they come over and we do wrestling drills. And so it's this beautiful life that mm-hmm. I've used my martial arts. Philosophy mm-hmm. to position myself, especially after the, uh, you know, in life. If you're young, you're gonna have failures. They're gonna come. They're gonna yeah. hit you harder than you could ever believe. Whether it's the loss of a loved one or just the trials and tribulations, uh, tri- tribulations that you create for yourself, mm-hmm. uh, and those things are coming for you. If you're planting the seed of uh, lies and deceit, that that boulder's coming down on you like Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, man. It mm-hmm. might have been that first one actually. I, I think that was the first one. Yeah, 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 because yeah, because yeah, the classics yeah, classic moves yeah. in. And then, so okay. hey, man, even if you're tricky like Indiana, you know that that boulder's coming for you. Yeah. And um, and yeah, so those little boys, uh, I, I'm I'm doing the the Mishita plan, which okay. is just love them with all your heart, and it's not about wins or losses. It's about mm-hmm. uh, you know when when you have a good support and a good balance, you're going to win naturally. Mm-hmm. You're naturally going to win. Yeah. Losses are going to come. Uh, not everyone's uh, Floyd. Uh, Mayweather, but uh, losses are going to come, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's about your balance, it's mm-hmm. about the frequency, the foundation, yeah, yeah. the frequency of, of your mindset and how to move past. I learned that one the hard way, uh, or still learning, I should say, learning that one the hard way, but I'm trying to do even though I, I don't know the machinas at all, I have, the only interaction I had with them was during that experience at UFC. But man, what an experience! Amazing yeah. experience. I yeah. mean, just I just Wow, dude, he saw his kid become champion, and it just was was amazing. And, and that's, I think, full circle what kind of brought me to where I get a focus now. And these, and what it was about for me is, I never wanted to fight myself. I, uh, I, I'm, yeah. I'm a much better ring announcer. So but, how
0: did you become a ring announcer? How'd that come about?
1: Well, ring announcing is the fun part. Okay. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, he hails from Parkland, Washington, weighing in at 125 pounds. He is M- Mighty Mouse Demetrius G- Johnson. <laughs> and I've seen that guy knock people out. I think I did his first eight fights, I think I recognized Demetrius. Sort of. yeah. and, and the way that that happened was, is, you know, I was. Yeah, amateur fights. Yeah. Amateur fights, yeah. Uh, and I've only done. I've, I did arguably ring announce one official pride fight that was sanctioned in yeah. In kind of a weird place in yeah. North America, but but the way that I became a ring announcer was is as a professional, so called professional wetboarder <laughs> Yeah right? I mean like I don't sponsored by Red Bull. I yeah sure. You know, I got a couple <laughs> of cases of Red Bull. I did win I think like hundred and twenty five bucks once in a competition. Uh-huh. Um, but I wasn't as good. As the best, as the best wakeboarders. And so, I naturally, because I knew all the moves and because of my voice, I became a wakeboard announcer. Mm -hmm. So then later on, here I am, training with all these professional fighters, you know, Rich Franklin's in the gym, you know, you got uh, Chris in the gym, all these other people in the gym, and I'm not as good. So, what am I going to do? I'm going to use my voice. And so, Matt came to one of my shows as a musician, Um, and, uh, you know, I... I mean, later on, we ended up, I ended up managing this band, and we went on tour, and we got signed to a label, and Mm -hmm. we, our producer was Sylvia Massey, did System of the Down, Tool, Aerosmith, even did the Fat Boys, everyone else, love you, Sylvia, um, and, uh, Matt Hume, my Coach, he came to one of my shows. I didn't know why. You know, like, like, <laughs> how, how
0: did he find out? I just you like, know. No, I promote my shows. Oh, promote, you know? Okay, so he just, so just showed up. Well, yeah, I'm like, I go into
1: the gym, like, what's up, A&C? I'm like, it's time for me to do a show. I expect all you to come. And everything like that. <laughs> yeah. So Matt shows up. Like, why is the coach doing here? You know? Yeah, and he sees my show, and afterwards he's like, hey, uh you're going to be my ring announcer. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks, coach. Yeah, I'll be your ring announcer. And then that's how it happened. And we did all the brawl at the malls and that sort of thing. And then it evolved to um, a DBJ AMC uh, Genesis Fights where we had some great fights. You know, Drew Brokenshire, uh, Torian Black, Washington. Uh, Caros, Car- Yeah, Caros, Foner. Brent. Yeah, yeah uh, Brent. Um, and... There was a great rivalry between him and Mike Hayes. 300 Hayes, love it, buddy. Uh, you, buddy. Know, <laughs> yes, I, I forgot, I, forgot about that. It was a great rivalry, dude. It was so oh, good. And man. And we were, they were yeah. supposed to run it back, Goliath versus Goliath, yeah. uh, but it never never quite worked out. Oh. Um, but yeah, and so ring announcing for me it was really cool. That's how I got involved, and, and God, it was great, you know, because... Uh, I mean, it was a lot of work because I wasn't really just the ring announcer. I also, you know, found the venues. Mm-hmm. I also organized all the sponsors. Okay. Um, and, you know, the only thing, you know, I, I mean, so I, I, I was heavily involved. But it was it was great. And uh, Matt and his amazing wife, Christina, were very good to work with. And we had a great relationship. And it was just a lot of fun. A lot of fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how how has it been, I guess, seeing... Cause you know you you're And we saw DJs like yeah. first fight Caros yeah. is like so how how has it been like being involved in I guess seeing these guys who would end up becoming professional like
1: man you know yeah. I have seen these guys work hard um, you know and, and the weight cuts were the worst man Oh, man. I just I yeah. you know and so because I, I would always I was always helping guys I, I managed. Um, Poorly for a while, uh, Tim Boach <laughs> I was Tim Boach's uh, manager for sponsors mm-hmm. was, for about a year and a half. <laughs> How did that? Yeah, well, yeah <laughs> when, when Tim was when Tim was yes, training. He, here. I, managed, yeah. <laughs> I managed. one UFC fighter, yeah. and I think we got him like like Supreme uh, Supreme Bars. It was like a, a Supreme Bar. I think okay. Supreme. I don't okay. know. I don't remember. It was years ago. Now. Great manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great manager. I still yeah. have all the details right here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, shout out to Tim. I love you, Barbarian. You're the best. Let's go hunting. Um, and so I was managing Tim and, and doing kind of these different things. I forget, what we're we talking about here? Oh,
0: we we're, we were talking about, you are talking about weight cuts. And oh, how they were God. Man.
1: Yeah. And Tim's weight cut. Oh, it was the worst. I mean, he had a bad one. Brent had a bad one. But when we were cutting, uh, Tim's weight, it was that fight against Nick Ring. Oh, it was okay. was like, now he did it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. <laughs> Got him real good. Yeah. But, um, we were in the, uh. You know, we go up to the elevator, bump into Bruce Buffer, drinking his beer in the elevator. Mm-hmm. He, he was making fun of Tim because Tim was so emaciated. He was like, oh, look a little smaller uh, than the normal hotel. And it was like, yeah. Yeah, they have a good relationship. And, and so we had to finish the weight cut. We had to go back in uh, to, to, the, to the bath. And the way that Tim does it, everyone does it differently. He does it in the hot bath. Okay. Uh, and God, and he threw in some Epsom salt there and it just drained the hell out of him. And, and we're, we're backstage in Colorado. Okay. And everyone's weighing. And it's uh, the first time I got to meet uh, John Jones. He's like, hey, guys. All right, we're going to do this. So I'm like, wow, that's John. I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. I didn't expect his voice to be all high like that. But, yeah. Uh, and, and, anyways, uh, we're back there, and Tim is hurting. He's hurting, you know?
0: Has he made the waiters? Wait. Yeah, he processed the wait okay. um,
1: Oh, wait, actually, no. He had made it was, so he had he, he had made the weight but he wasn't official yet okay they have this official scale backstage at UFC okay um, which by the way don't be an idiot like me I stood on the scale <laughs> like so I was like I was like I wonder how much I so I like I hop on and like, hey motherfucker get off that shit I'm yeah. like oh sorry sir yeah you're, you're standing I, on the yeah I'm like out. I'm yeah. so sorry he's like, yeah. he's like he's like don't get on there unless you like you know no, no. I'm like, oh. I, I forget the guy's name but he's like a famous dude that's always backstage yeah and so we—he weighed the right amount. We go and we get in the van. They put us in. I don't know why I ended up in the van with the uh, with the ring girls. Yeah. But like the, the famous prettiest one, she's uh, still in there. I think she's been a ring girl for like seven years. Oh. Yeah. oh she's, she's held on great. She's yeah. a fun gal. So I'm sitting next to her. She's really nice. You know, I was like everyone else is in the vans with all the other smelly ass fighters. Yeah. I Guys are like, just sweating. Sweating. Yeah. You know, they're like yeah. you know trying to cut weight. Dude, they're like dead corpses. And I get in the van yeah. with all the pretty girls. Like I said, guys, footwork, positioning, reality. It's about balance. It's about balance, guys. <laughs> yeah. Getting the right man. Okay. And so I get in the right man, and, and, uh, and we get down there, and we're back. And this doctor sees Tim. He's like, all right, it's time for your evaluations it's from the Colorado State Athletic Commission. Mm-hmm. They bring him back there, and he goes to, goes to stand. And the doctor wasn't looking for a second. He was looking down. It was just me and Tim. Yeah. And he's going to faint. Oh damn! And he, and he and he goes back and he kind of hits the wall and I'm like Tim, Tim, I hit him. And, yeah. go, oh! and then the cop, then, then the uh, cop. So the, <laughs> the doctor, is the, it is yeah. like a cop because yeah. this is the guy who's gonna bust you. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's going examining you. He's yeah. examining you. He's the, yeah. he's he's the opposite man. Yeah. And and uh, Tim kind of snaps out of saying, and the doctor's like, "How are you?" And Tim's like, "Excellent." <laughs> <laughs> you know, game. <laughs> Just like game fantastic. Phase. Excellent. And yeah. God, he One. was he was hurting. He was dried up. It was bad. It was a. A horrible weight cut and then afterwards we ended up I don't know where it was like a Maggiano's there and I don't know what it was but okay. some like weird Italian place where you just ate all the Italian food in the world and kind of loaded back the wrong way but Either way, yeah. Tim was victorious, and I think it's because of my amazing management skills. <laughs> and the sponsors. Yeah, getting all the sponsors. I him, like like two, Supreme like, bars. Yeah. Supreme <laughs> bars. And the game was like five bucks. Yeah, it was like <laughs> hey, it was like, it was, like put worse this? than my Red Bull sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. they just Sharpie Supreme yeah, on, yeah, on the was, shorts. It was, it was, yeah, but uh, but it was great, and uh, the weight cuts are just. I, I when I see the fighters do that. Uh, and my good friend, Trevor Smith, uh, who's been fighting the UFC now for seven or eight years, uh, he was trained down at Ring Demon, now he's down in Arizona. Great guy. I love the guy. Knows everything about the human body. Um, he, uh, gosh, what, you know, he, uh, what am I saying here? Something fight? Oh, he loves the weight cut. He Really? He loves the weight. And the reason why he loves the weight cut... Is because you know, he he grew up being a wrestler, right? Okay. And so for him, he's like just used to cutting weight. Okay, and he figures um, that. And big shout out, Trevor! And I hope I'm not letting any uh, oh no, secrets, some secrets out. out. Oh no, but he loves the weight cut, and the reason why is because he knows it's going to be hard for the other guy. Oh, uh, okay. You know, and he's so he like, looks at that. He looks yeah. at like a huge advantage because he yeah. knows that the other guy isn't mentally as strong as him. And that's Trevor's so talented, great guy. If he can get a hold of you, he's really strong, which he has gotten a hold of me before. Uh, uh, and and he wants you to cut that way and he wants you to be hurting mm. that's he knows it hurts you because he knows how it hurts yeah. he, he likes the hurt yeah. and, the, and the, if you talk to him and probably some other fighters too they're like I hope they never change the rules mm. you know and
0: he's part of that zero sum like well if yeah. I'm suffering he's suffering more well, kind more of yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah he's into it you know okay. I don't know if it was the uh, you know I don't know if he's a sadomasochist, but he's into exactly. It. but man, he's into the hurt, dude, and he likes okay. putting the hurt on other people too. And so, I i, when I see these fighters come up. That's—that's that's the thing I don't like. That's a part of the sport, but to see him overcome the weight cut and to see him, uh, like when uh, I've, I've had the opportunity to watch, you know, Demetrius, you know, train for fights before, yeah. and you know, when he sits down and studies tape for you know hours and just mm-hmm. figures everything out. And then he overcomes and has victory, or even in uh, defeat. You know, he's so mm-hmm. honorable uh, and, mm-hmm. and intelligent. And you know, that was that was. I guess I have to say my the rise of Demetrius for me. Oh yeah. And to be a part of his, uh, you know, the car- beginning of his career. You know, I watched him fight my good friend Michael Briggs. You know, and he yeah. he lived, he lived to tell the tale. Yeah. Fight the yeah. best fight in the world, lived to yeah. tell the tale. Yeah. And to watch him come up... I remember... All right, here's a good one. So, it's like... Uh, what is it? Yeah, we're, it's Brawl at the Brawl at the Mall. The one ball of these up. really big, big shows. Yeah, down at the a mall. At, at a ball. mall. <laughs> right? yeah. Down at a mall. Where, he, you know, we made it. We're big time now. You know, yeah. we're at the mall. Yeah. So, we're at this uh, little mall. They call it a Super Bowl, but it's... And uh, the Auburn Super Bowl. Yeah. It, it, Super yeah. Mall. It's not big. Well, yeah. it's big
0: in Auburn. Yeah, it's big in Auburn, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so, we're doing the fights down there, and... Demetrius had just bought before, uh, about uh, two or three months before, and he. Had, and we're talking a, this this young man who was just a boy at the time. He was yes. a young young man, amazing. He can lit. Uh, he can when you talk to him, that guy looks you straight in the eye. Mm-hmm. He's like connected to your soul. Just are like, hey, what do you want to eat? He's like, I want teriyaki madness. You're like, oh my god, he really meant that. <laughs> yeah, so then you go get some teriyaki <laughs> with him. Um, but. He knocked this guy out cold. I forget the guy's name, but he knocked it out cold. And Matt, um, Coach Hume, um, before the fight, he purposely, I think, was replaying. I don't mean, well, I shouldn't say purposely because, you know, Matt doesn't have time to coordinate the fact that the fight happened to be on at the right time. But he wanted to have the fights playing from the previous show, okay. for a reason. Yeah. So the fights were playing from the previous show yeah. uh, while... Well, well the guy's getting ready to wrap his hands, and his hands are getting wrapped in, and, and this is Demetrius' opponent. Yeah. So Demetrius' opponent's getting his hands wrapped and he's looking at it. He's looking at Demetrius' fight. I'm right there and right, you know. Yeah. And uh, Demetrius had won that fight by knockout. And yeah. all of a sudden the guy was getting his hands taped up. He's like, Oh yeah, I, I hold on, I gotta go use the bathroom. Gets up and leaves. Yeah. And doesn't come back. <laughs> and we're <laughs> yeah. we're scrambling, you know, yeah. to find this fighter. You yeah. know, like I mean, you, you train two Two months, yeah. Uh, a two month camp or whatever, and you get ready to fight, and all of a sudden, like your opponent's missing. Just, I mean, this is a chance. yeah. Just bails, you know. It's not like Demetrius yeah. is going to be in the ring like fighting himself. Yeah. Anyways, that's what ends up happening. Okay. It comes to fight time, and I announce Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, yeah. uh, f- you know, future you know pound for pound goat. Yeah. And he comes out into the ring, yeah. and I go, and his next opponent is a. And, uh, and me and Matt, we taught me and Coach Hugh, we talked about this, like how are we going to do it? Like, like, do you want me to call him like a bitch or yeah. like a pussy? And he's like, no, uh, no. I was like, no, pussy, that's, that's wrong. Like, that's insensitive. It could be considered rude. Yeah. He's like, just call him a pansy. A pansy. And I was like, all right, cool. So I'm like, and his opponent, who is not here right now and who is cowering outside the facility in his car and is too scared to come out, is a pansy. And this fight has a loss for him. Blah, 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 blah. And, and, and like, Demetrius wins by his opponent. Being a pansy, and then like the family like threatened to sue like me and Matt. Wow, they're right? like yeah, they like he's not a pansy. I'm like what? Getting like, sued for libel? Yeah, oh, sued man. for not yeah. getting your ass kicked. I, oh, you man. know, I don't know. But I mean, there's just funny stories. Might've like been that. the best
0: decision of that guy's life. Who knows? Oh, so, yeah.
1: for sure, dude. Yeah. I mean, I remember one of those fights when Torian Black put the heat on. Oh
0: yeah, talking about the one at Bellevue College, oh, right? No, and it was yeah.
1: worst. It was the it was the best event that uh, Genesis ever did, uh, D B J and AMC Genesis. But it was also uh, god, it was horrible. Yeah and, and, and my uh, DJ, not Demetrius, but my disc jockey, the guy that does yeah. all the sound, like you know, uh, Brent Knopp would come out to Pantera. Um, or or what he would sometimes walk up like blame it on the rain by millions and million. I don't know why. Well, well, what, okay, <laughs> what, but, what a weirdo. Yeah. But like so my, my So your disc jockey my disc jockey yeah. DJ, uh, he, he would do the music and Torian Black, I forget the name of the guy he's fighting. The guy was tough, and he had a lot of heart. After yeah. this happened to him, he actually asked Matt for a rematch. <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, oh man, but he got knocked out so bad. Oh my yeah. God, Pocholo! Yeah, you remember, dude? It was I just know.
0: Shot. Yeah, I thought. I thought like, oh man, did I just? I just witnessed like
1: someone die.
0: Yeah, because he was out for. It. I can't remember how long. Over but, a minute. Yes, Over a minute. It, was, it
1: might have been. It felt like a year, but it yeah. might have been five, five minutes, three minutes. I don't. Know. And it was when,
0: the crowd just like. This silent Silence. Yeah, it's silent.
1: silent. You could yeah. hear. I mean, I've never heard. And I mean, there was hundreds of people. I mean, it might have been. I don't know, eight hundred. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was like really maybe,
0: maybe those, a thousand people. Yeah. because but yeah, it
1: was. And everyone got quiet. I mean, yeah. it was like it was like it, man, if I would have farted, dude, everyone would have heard it, and. I t- I'm like tell my DJ, I'm like turn the music on. I'm like turn it on, like, like, like yeah. Sh- 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 like yeah. And there's just this dead guy.
0: It's just like an eerie silence. Yeah, an eerie
1: yeah. silence. And and, and I got to give mad props to that guy who, for not dying. Yeah. I mean, it was just the thunderous crack when Torian came came down, but he didn't die, and uh, and he went to the hospital. And me and Matt were sitting on my couch at home. It's about two in the morning. We're like, oh man, that guy's still in the hospital. Like. Uh, I hope he's okay. Like, yeah, I yeah, really, God bless him. Yeah. And then, uh, and Coach Hume gets his call, and it's the guy. <laughs> it's the guy. And I swear. And if, and if you're listening, to the guy, you send us a comment. Send us a message, dude, because yeah. you deserve a shout. You are tough as, dude. He's tough yeah. as because. Yeah. Oh, man. I forgot his name. Oh god, you oh, should look it up. I know. And so, and so, he's tough as they come. And he, and it's like he just got out of the hospital. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I refused the brain scan, and I, and I want a rematch. And. And Coach was like, well, I'm glad you're out of the hospital. Why don't we talk about a rematch for you after you recover a little bit? And, yeah. And I hope you have a good time. And me and Max were like, oh, man, I'm glad that guy didn't die. Like, yeah. But yeah, he didn't die, too. Oh, man. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. But, uh, but, you know, MMA's brought me a lot uh, over the years. Uh, I feel like, you know, I found my wife, you know, because of the gym I built, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I had already been married previously. My two sons are from a previous marriage. Uh, and when I built my gym, uh, you know, somehow, you know, my, my wife, you know, made her way over to the gym, you know, mm-hmm. being martial arts herself. And, and that was really something special for me. So that gym's brought me a lot. Now I have my own, uh, jujitsu team and now my kids are already elite athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, probably do more pushups than if you're sitting at home on the couch, more pushups than you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was just a lot over the years. Yeah. And, and and I'm grateful. You know, I'm grateful for what all my, you know, from, from Ghost Fist, you know, Matt Hume. Yeah. And everyone in between, you know, I, I, I'm i really glad of what they put into me. And I think, you know, anytime I was in the gym and a coach was criticizing me, I always remind myself, you know, that, that they're talking to the guy. Uh, because he has potential and -hmm. coach always like
0: giving you that attention yeah
1: yeah, and coach did he liked something about me i don't know if he liked my footwork you know my feet are pretty slick or my head movement yeah but he liked me Mm -hmm. and i really appreciated that and that's what allowed me the chance to have these Bob Sapp stories and, you know, yeah. all these, you know, have Rich Franklin thinking yeah. my first and, wife was cute. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, whoa, we're- whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, and then, cool. yeah
0: and, and then led to you <coughs> building a gym at your house. So, oh, let's talk about the Cindy Hales connection. So yeah. how, did that, how did that happen?
1: So uh, Cindy Hales, I'd heard about her uh, for some time uh, and, you know, just team, team sleeper in general. Her, her team, she has an amazing team. Yeah. Uh, The peers that she has are amazing. Uh, The adult classes, uh, the kids' classes, and uh, I was looking for a jiu-jitsu school, and with the schedule, it just worked out that we were going to Gracie Barra in Redmond slash Bellevue with um, Carlos. and Professor Carlos there is a great guy uh, and really cool guy. Big shout-out to you, Carlos. And then uh, we ended up uh, being able to go to the other gym because the schedule had kind of changed and I could take him to the gym that was closer to my house. So it just so happened that Cindy was at this gym. So like this amazing, amazing professor, amazing coach and friend and just person mm-hmm. happened just to just be training my kids. And obviously I chose handpicked picked who trains my kids. So already there's an advantage in yeah. you know, my experience in being able to make good judgment on who's going to be able to have – uh strong emotional and mental aptitude for this skill set that i'm instilling into the kids Mm -hmm. which she has in spades so i watched her teach these kids and she remembers every student's name she knows the student's parents name she's like oh uh, little Billy like mm-hmm. how did your parents enjoy their trip are they back yet are you still at your grandma's uh, mm-hmm. oh hey Timmy um, did you get your school project in and then like oh so and so like like how's that new dog is it still And I'm like mm-hmm. I'm like whoa like lady like you're making us all look bad like I'm <laughs> yeah. still trying to learn my name I don't remember like coach's name from New Zealand you know what I'm saying like yeah. like I'm like come on lady making us look bad but, yeah. but she had, she had this ability to connect and she would see holes in the game you know where like Someone's just trying to... If you're moving around... I mean, I'm, an, I'm amateur at best when it comes to jujitsu. jitsu My specialty is grabbing people and picking them up above my head. Not locks and stuff. I mean, like if you go after my leg and I can't pick you up, my leg's gone. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she just... I can see her talking to the kid about how you want no space. Okay. You, know, you want to slide your foot in right here. I'm like, wow. This lady has all the dirty tricks, man. This is awesome. And... Uh, there was just an opportunity where she was going to be transferring from one gym to another. Okay. And uh, she needed to keep her base intact. And so I was like, look, I got this gym at my house. You should probably come check it out. She came and she checked it out. Uh, she loved it. And, uh, and I hope the parents all love it. The kids, they come over. And we have a massive skate park in our backyard. It's a huge giant <laughs> skate bowl. Like, like, yeah. if, like, yeah. if you go down to your local skate park, that yeah. uh, you live at audience, and you are, you're like, oh yeah, a skate park. There's this skate park's dope. It's just like your one. It's your city skate park, and we got in the backyard. So these kids, they come over, they go do skating and all mm-hmm. this stuff around the bowl, and then Cope City comes down. is like, kids, it's time for class. So then all the kids you know, come in. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, my kids are in scoop and poo. From the pig poo. From yeah, pink but then pan. all the other kids, they're <laughs> having fun at the skate, skate park, jumping on a trampoline and yeah. riding around skate, skate bowl. Yeah. And then uh, Coach Cindy brings them in. And so it just so happened that there was this transitioning happening in, uh, in uh, Professor uh, Hale's class, Professor Cindy. And it brought this great partnership where I'm essentially just a host, and she's actually the school. I have a gym. She's the school. That lady <laughs> is the school. Anywhere that lady goes, people flock. And she's just an amazing talent. I'm really blessed to have her a part of our lives. And uh, just really, and I recommend anyone out there who has a chance to uh, to roll with Cindy, I'd do it because she'll, she'll find the holes in your game and put a you know an arm around your neck, and you'll learn out why our team's called Team Sleeper. Because you know. You'll have to be the sleeper that awakens after that because, you know, it's going to be a dumb deal. So that's a beautiful thing. I'm really proud of how we part of the team. For sure. Awesome.
0: Uh, so, yeah, so you're wearing a shirt with, with your logo on it. Yeah. So, so how, did, how did you come up with that logo?
1: Well, I was in, so for people who are yeah, uh, in the audience. all audio. Yeah. Uh, my logo, it looks a little bit like a Decepticon. Okay. And it's actually my initials. So on the side of a Decepticon where the pointed kind of parts are where the ears are, mm-hmm. it's a D for Dark. Then uh, in the middle, which is kind of the flat part, it's a, a B. And then on the other side, opposite of a D is a J. Uh, and so it's Daric, Bob Jones. And it has this you know little face that looks like a Decepticon underneath. What happened was in, I believe, 99, this is pre-9-11, man, before like the internet was crazy. <laughs> and I was yeah. in this band called the Chronicon. And the Chronicon. The like, and for those of you that don't know, I'm. Like, I can do all that stuff yeah. With my voice. That was not added audio, yeah. audio effects. That was fresh. Yeah. So, like, I can do all this stuff. And I was in this band. I mean, I do freestyle battles all the time, I just rip people's faces off. You know, mm-hmm. I'm slipping the jab, I put you on your back. I'll make you a kid like i your dad. You know, like, whatever I do. You know, I just put all these words together. And, um,. Oh, what am I talking about now? Oh yeah, my, I'm now. About your So logo. I'm in the yeah. band called the Chronicon. The Chronicon. Now the Chronicon okay. is a great concept, and for yeah. those of you that are fans of Chronic, and this is when weed was cool when it was illegal. Yeah, ninety nine. Not, this, not yeah. fancy, <laughs> fancy stuff. You stuff kids is got. stuff is changing yeah, about. I, I, yeah. I waited in the Target parking yeah. lot like until twelve to get my shit. You know, and so um, we're allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Sure, yeah. you can look at my record. Yeah, <laughs> not my fight record. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> <that is> so. <laughs> So you, uh... Yeah. I had this band. It was all the best Chronic, right? Together okay. in one fat blunt was the idea, right? Okay. And we had a couple <laughs> shows, and the Chronicon was cool. And, okay. and this was my insignia as part of the Chronicon. And okay. I was busy developing like, the new insignias for everyone else. So they all had their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like... You'd fight the beer bots, or you'd like, go against the e-bots, but yeah. the e-bots yeah. always won, because they're like going to raves and like, shaking yeah. their balls. Yeah, You Yeah, like whatever they're doing. Yeah. And... Uh, and the, chron- the Chronicon was it was the best. And there's this one guy in the band. God bless him. I'm not going to name his name. Cause it was, so he's like, <laughs> I'm just too embarrassed to tell my grandma that I'm in a band called the, the Chronicon. Because <laughs> then I'd explain to what Chronic <laughs> means. I'm like, oh, you mean everlasting and won't go away? Because that's what Chronic means, dude. So yeah. it's a dope, dope it's, name. Take it easy there. Yeah, take yeah. it easy, buddy. You're yeah. against the Chronic. <laughs> and so we changed the band's name to like 11th Hour.
2: <laughs> what?
1: And we stayed oh. together for like another couple yeah. months. But, uh, I do love the people from the band, uh, but I kept the insignia and it, and it wore with me and now I kind of use it as my Superman emblem and, mm-hmm. and, uh, I got it and, you know, like when you come up to my house in my driveway, there's a big cement stamp in the ground with my family crest, which is essentially my dark Bob Jones insignia. Mm. And so I, I carry a lot of power in this insignia now. And over the years it's changed. There used to be kind of an outside piece on it. Okay. Um, but after I had my kids, I changed it to where, uh, You know, this heart here is Ah. me, and these are the kids supporting my heart or holding Mm. my heart up. Okay. And so uh, the insignia has a lot of power in it, a lot of thought in it, and it's uh, kind of my, you know, know I mean, once you see the DBJ logo, you know, DBJ's in the house. (laughs) Get it. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, that was fun. Everyone knows what the DBJ is and the B.O.B. They like Team Bob. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. Speaking of Bob's, yeah, I got one more Bob Sap story. Okay, another Bob Sap story. This is, this is yeah. the last one. I gotta get out of here pretty soon, but okay. this is good, guys. All right, okay. So, I Bob known me now for a while because I've been training with him. You know, he did his fight, and he's still training for another fight. You know, <laughs> Matt was having a hard time getting him to train because Bob hates training. Bob what? Train. Bob The guy Sapp, he has to force on the he on the hates, treadmill? <laughs> hates to train. Yeah, Matt. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Uh, Anyways, I mean, Reese told me stories about when Bob Sapp was in mount, mounting someone, yeah. hitting someone in the face. Yeah. He's like, I can't go on anymore. Yeah. It's like, just keep punching, Bob. I'm too tired. I can't punch anymore. <laughs> he's I'm only- going to quit. He's full mount punching <laughs> a guy in the face. Say he's going to quit. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Anyway, so, yeah. so that's the story Reese told me. But this story is firsthand here. So I'm, I'm walking in and, uh, and Bob's doing what he likes best, which is just about nothing. Yeah, and he's, and, he, and he's sitting over there on the side yeah. arrested and Bob Sapp who's the biggest dude you've ever seen like way bigger than Brock Lesnar just huge and he has this little tiny dog I mean this dog his name's Foxy now how big Foxy. is a dog named Foxy Foxy is as big as Maybe, I don't know, like a foot.
0: could probably fit yeah. in Bob's head. It could fit anybody's <laughs> hand. You know I mean? Yeah. This dog is small. Yeah. And
1: of course Bob has the smallest dog in the world. He also had the smallest girlfriend in the world at the time. I don't know how that fit, but I'm just saying, this dog, I'm doing the sled, which I'm pulling a sled and I'm, I'm doing it in front of me and I'm doing an end zone, which is right next to AMC. It's this, you know, facility where you can train and get strong and tough and stuff. So I'm getting strong, getting tough, and I'm pulling the sled, I'm pulling the sled and little Foxy walks in front of me. Um, um, I'm like, I look at Bob, yeah. I look at Foxy, I look at Bob, I look at Foxy, and Bob's like, "You better get out of the way, little Foxy, before I roll you up and <laughs> roll you up and eat you like a little pancake." Uh, 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 uh. And I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like, like, all right. And so like, yeah. he just moves his dog, and I can go out of Bob's way. But yeah. you know, I mean, Bob's a crazy guy, man. His girlfriend was so small; he was the smallest dog, and you know. This is Bob was hilarious. I mean, I got more <laughs> stories, but yeah, I gotta, I gotta keep some of them. You yeah, can't tell. Some, yeah, some, of them yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. Tell, but, but yeah, you know, but me, I don't know. Me and Chris one time, lead men, we had a. Poker tournament together it was like a celebrity poker tournament. Celebrity poker tournament. And like the <laughs> celebrities. And, well, yeah. Chris was a celebrity. It's Chris yeah, yeah. a celebrity. <laughs> and it was like for charity, you know. And like, and like, they're like, yeah, you're a fighter. I had a big beard at the time, and I looked yeah. like a fireball. And I was like, I'm the ring announcer. They're like, yeah, well, you're famous too. Close like, enough. So they threw us in there. <laughs> That's celebrity poker. a celebrity poker, poker tournament. Okay. And then we get super rallied. Yeah, you because know, this is like you know, God bless you, Chris. You're the best, and cr- we just go on. Was this
0: in Seattle? Was this in like Vegas? Is, yeah, so <laughs> it, the, it,
1: it was in Seattle. <laughs> a celebrity poker it was tournament. A celebrity poker tournament <laughs> on Mercer Island at the on Jewish Mer- Community Center. At the Jewish, okay. Yeah, and, <laughs> and they <get> Chris <laughs> yeah, we got Chris Levesque. Yeah, we got Chris as and, and we had We had you know, we had like some Mariners guys yeah, too. Yeah, okay. It's just anyone who's kind of famous in the area. Yeah, and you know, some Seahawks guys and. You know, we get on a tear. Little Sakurai's with us, too, from Japan. And we're uh-huh. in the club, yeah. dude, and we are just, this is right after Ultimate Fighter. Okay. So, Chris actually is famous, where everyone's like, oh, hey, like, Recognize like, him, yeah, yeah oh, from Chris, TV. You, like, some guy in the club, like, hey, Chris, you remember yeah. when you peed on that guy? Yeah. Chris is like, oh,
0: Yeah, so me. just every dude bro. that's yeah, oh, the worst.
1: And yeah. so then, like, Chris is like, hey, he's like, hey, DBJ. Get, up, get on the ground, like turtle position, right there. I'm like, what? He's like, turtle position. I'm like, oh, okay. So I get on the ground, yeah. and he gets Sakurai right in front of me, and he pulls Sakurai's pants down. And he doesn't yeah. wear any underwear for whatever reason. I don't <laughs> know just why. Said, yeah. you know, he just has his balls and dick hanging out. And then uh, Chris pushes him over, and he's like in the club with like his ass hanging out, dude, yeah. and like the bouncer's like trying to get yeah. us out of there. Yeah. I don't remember anything after this point. Oh, I, just, wow. I, I wake up wrestling one of my best friends. On the floor of my house, like what, our garbage? And I'm like, wait, what are we doing? How, like, how do we end how the up, here? up here? And it's like, oh, okay. Like I'm gonna go to sleep. But, yeah. but ultimately, you know, those experiences. I mean, to kind of bring this, yeah, bring know, it back, bring full sir. circle. Yeah, that hard, that fighting, that winning, that wanting to do things and, and mm-hmm. be crazy and go out and have just crazy experiences yeah all that was too much for me mm-hmm. and, and 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 i couldn't handle it and with the loss of you know business and things like that that's where my philosophy came in because mm-hmm. i've been damaging myself you know and, and really i realized that that wasn't the way for me the way of the yeah. martial artist for me was to really just breathe sit and walk and that's brought me everything that i have today is mm-hmm. from just yeah, just chill.
0: You went from like high octane to just. Now just yeah, I
1: did. No, yeah. But hey, I still love ring announcing, and I'm looking forward to getting back into it. I did some okay. ring announcing uh, not too long ago for oh, yeah. Bumblebee, at, for, okay. Uh in his uh, fighting club out in okay. Seattle. Bumblebee's okay. uh, kind of been going through some tough times now, so. Just shout out to Bumblebee and I hope your health comes back soon, man. Yeah,
0: is Brent still training there? Uh, Brent,
1: uh, Brent Mankill Mop, he's not training there. He, What he's doing is he's focusing on, on my sons and Wolf. So okay. So, and he punches me in the face all the time. Think,
0: <laughs> so. Of course. Okay. Well, I mean, the, this has been great. Thanks, thanks, man. Hey, man, yeah. Petrello, dude, it's an honor, dude. I'm so <laughs> glad
1: that you're doing these. Yeah. You know, and it's is so fun, man. These. Yeah. Oh, and also, big shout out to uh, Nathan Orchard, Tenth Planet. Okay. He's uh, my new sensei for me, and great guy. You know, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's like just reminding me. He's like, okay. He's like, Bob, stop picking up the other students and just learn jujitsu before you lift them off the ground. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks, okay. coach. I'll I'll try to learn jujitsu.
0: Nice. Okay, isn't he based in Portland, right? Uh, he's or, moved up. He's, he's moved up here. Okay. A
1: school now. Uh, it's called Tenth Planet Seattle. Okay. Um, but it's actually Tenth Planet Bellevue. Oh, it's <laughs> <in laughs> Bellevue. <Belgium. laughs> Close <laughs> enough. I it's Seattle that. adjacent. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Well, all right. Shout out Nathan Orchard and all that. And any any other parting words before we say that? Hey, man.
1: Peace, balance, and love.
0: All right. And with that, thanks everybody. You. Bye.